1: This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Alright Al, today is the day, December 15th. It's D Day. It's uh, it's become like it's become the new trade deadline. You know what I mean? The pre-trade deadline. Today's the day when all these free agent acquisitions are eligible to be traded. Now, over the past couple of weeks, obviously the biggest name from the Knicks' perspective has been Marcus Morris. We we are hearing. Uh, Wojan and uh, and Zach Lowe did their did their trade uh, show on ESPN today today actually earlier this evening and Zach Lowe is claiming that the Clippers are interested in Mook and could be willing to trade Mohawkless, Patrick Peterson and a first. Where are Patrick you, Patterson, pa- Patrick, Patterson. Patrick Patterson? Patrick <laughs> Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... where's Patrick Peterson? <laughs> yeah, wrong, <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong sport. Wrong, <laughs> wrong sport. Wrong sport. But um, where are you at on, on trading move
2: period? And and how do you? How would you like this potential trade? I'm conflicted. Like it, it all comes down to things are kind of different in the NBA with this. I feel like um, I mean we see this in baseball relatively often where. Yeah. If a team has nothing to play for, the Yankees, for example, right. a lot of people that watch this show are probably Yankees Chad, fans. Chad. I know that you are as well. well mm-hmm. uh, I'm not, but you know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, they did that with Chapman. You know, they trade, and actually the Mets did it with Jay Bruce as well. I yeah, think they did. In that same year, um, it, where you could trade a guy away who's on an expiring deal and then, you know, kind of handshake agreement with him and say, hey, we'd like to have you back if mm-hmm. you want to come back in the off season." Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like you don't really see that happen much in the NBA, but. I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, unprecedented. Like it it could probably happen um, for the Knicks if they decided to do it. And there's nothing prohibiting them from re-signing Morris should they trade him away. Uh, So, I mean, I said the same thing about Noah Vonley last year, actually. Uh, You know, there was reports about maybe him being available via trade and, you know, should the Knicks trade him? Should they not? He was a valuable piece. You know, he looked pretty good. He looked like he was a good reclamation project. Um, And, you know, my thought then was like, Trade him away, but be nice to him. Give him a handshake on the way out and be like, look, man, like this is a business. We have to make a business move because we have to get the future assets. But we would absolutely love to have you back this offseason doing this, but we can give you an opportunity for the rest of the season to play for a contender and, you know, play for a team that has something to something to play for this year rather than just sticking it out with our team. And you could pick right back up where you left off. If you come back this offseason, we'll go right back to it next season. And do it all over again. Um so that's kinda what I would do with, with Morris and like the unique position that the Knicks are in in regards to this too, and this is this plays back into the baseball thing, I guess. Uh-huh. You know, in baseball there's unlimited money, so you can do whatever you want as long uh-huh. as you can afford it. In basketball you have the salary caps play with, but the Knicks are in the unique position where they've no long term money committed this off season too. Right. right. So they could come right back at Morris and hit him with another one or two year overpay deal like they did this year and exactly. get him that money again. Get so, that back. Yeah, I think. I mean, if you could get if it's if it's Mo Harkless, Patrick Patterson, and a first round pick. I mean, Harkless is a somewhat useful player by himself. Right. Patterson is filler, whatever. That's fine. He's just there for the salary. But the first round pick, I mean, that's valuable uh, for uh, no matter who ends up in the front office. Like, if there's one thing that this front office has proven to be pretty decent at, it's drafting. So you get yourself, and especially in the the late stages of the draft, rather mm-hmm. than you could argue whether the lottery picks have been home runs or not. Um, but the, you know, certainly in the later stages in of the draft, yeah, they're good. You know, so if yeah. you get a late first round pick out of Marcus Morris, then take it and run. And, you know, again, you're, the Knicks are in a unique position where they have no long-term money committed and they can right. just come right back to Morris and say, look, we'll, we'll pay you again. You know, yeah. We'll give you a it's, ton it's of money.
1: 20, to, it's 25. You know? Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't hurt him. That yeah. doesn't hurt him in the short term. Mm-hmm. I listen, I I'm with you. I'm with, I'm with a lot of people. I like what he's brought to this team. I like the leadership that he's brought, I like the toughness that he's brought. Obviously he's been one of our clutch players. Having a career season, points, rebounds, three point shooting, one of the best three point shooters in the league. No doubt about it. I love how he's uh, I love how he's he's really even though, you know, we used to call him a bootleg mellow dollar tree mellow, I really didn't know how much mellow had an impact on him. You know, when he really, when they played Portland and he really talked about, really was complimentary about Melo and how much Melo's had an impact on his career. And also his last quote was basically um, quoting Melo and saying, you know, Melo said, a lot of guys can't play here. I want to show I can play here. I want to show that I could be a leader for this team. And that really resonated with me. But, you know, the sentimental stuff, it it means nothing until the contract is signed. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think I'm with you. I go to him and I say, listen. You know, for the second half of the season, go play for something real. If it's the Clippers, you got a legit shot of winning a championship. That's not happening right now. (laughs) You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? It's not happening here. So if that's the case, you know, we want to upgrade the talent on this team. You have to trade him. You have to trade him if you can get into the first round. Number one, mm-hmm. we need talent. We need more talent on this team. This team is desperate for more shooting. They're desperate for more uh, rim protection. And obviously, may- maybe it comes in the lottery, but I think, yeah, we can still use an upgrade at the point guard. So you got to try to trade him. I'm tra- I'm trading him. If I can get a first round pick, I'm absolutely trading him with the intention of, of bringing him back in the, in the next season. No doubt about it.
2: Yeah, and I'm actually even looking to see the Clippers here, see what uh what picks they have. Okay. They have next. They have this coming um, draft. They can trade this one,
1: according and it's just to their Macri. Own. Yeah, according yeah. to Macri, they can trade this pick this year. They have this year's pick that they can trade. They
2: can. They can trade their own pick. I was looking to see if they had someone else's or something, yeah. but they only have their own pick. But that's fine. I mean, that's great. Um, you know, just take their own pick and and run with it. I think. Um, you know, and, like, I think there's there's a real case to be made that, you know, like you just said, get talent. You know, you need talent. And the the, the last couple of years, I think, have shown that there's – if you have the right evaluators and the right guys slip and stuff like that, you can get real talent in the, the late first round. I mean, I was a huge, huge, huge Brandon Clark guy uh, coming into the draft this past year, and he's been awesome so far. And he got taken, what, the 22nd pick or something yeah, he, like that? Yeah, he was later in the first, um, yep. He fell, and you know it, same with uh Thbul, you know he, mm-hmm. he also fell, and it's like dude these these type of guys fall man and and they're the types that aren't necessarily gonna turn into superstars, but they're the guys that you can maybe even argue that Frank is kind of looking like he's developing into now, which is defense first, you know, make team plays, you know, they're gonna look around the the floor and and try to hit guys and and not um. You know they're not necessarily going to be superstars, but they'll be really quality role players that you can find in that general, you know, twenty to twenty-five to thirty, whatever range. You know, there's yeah. always guys like that if you have the right talent evaluators. There was even, I mean, Mitchell Robinson almost went in that ra- in that range too because the Lakers almost gave him uh, a guarantee a couple years ago. Which, mm-hmm. God, imagine if they had <laughs> with the team that they have it's now. Facts. If they have Mitchell Robinson and Anthony Davis, you know oh what I mean? so, man, you got you got um, Mitch
1: running around with LeBron. Forget about it, man. Forget yeah, it.
2: Uh, he'd be catching lobs like from the other side of the court, mm-hmm. practically. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's it's important, and you know, it's it's like you said, you know, you got to put the sentimental stuff aside. You know, you can't. It, it, it's cool. Like I want to be attached to Marcus Morris, and and I, I would say that I am at this point. You know, I, I think he's a really good dude. Um, I think he's saying all the right things. He's it seems like a really good leader for the kids. You know, like it seems like he's putting forth a really good example for them. Um, I've actually had the privilege of being in the locker room, you know, um, for Sports Illustrated now a little bit, and you know, he's he's definitely one of the guys that carries some gravity. He's the guy that almost after every single game speaks to the media, regardless of no play or the outcome or anything. He's willing to take all the bullets for all the young kids. You know, yeah. Um, so he's a great guy to have around, no doubt. And I maybe. I don't know if I'll trade him like today, like on day one. of right. You know, the trading period. Right. But when it comes time for the deadline, I think it's time to, to send him out, but send him out like with a firm handshake and like, a look, man, let's talk again in the summer. That's because
1: what I say. And as you back. said, we can go to the depths that no other other teams may not go.
2: You know, Mm -hmm. on a shorter-term deal. Oh, the Knicks Knicks next year, screw it, man. Just be like, uh, Mook, we'll give you $20 million for one year. Like, just come back again. Just come back for a second year with us. Because then, so all right, not to get too caponomics here, Mm -hmm. but, you know, if you offer a guy a huge overpay like that, then you get what's called early bird rights with him. And so, you know, Marcus Morris, if you offer him $20 million next year, he's never getting $20 million again in his life. You know what I mean? Like, not for a single season. He's just not that guy. And, you know, so you can offer him that, but then with the early bird rights, then you get like a, a, the ability to re-sign him. And you can also trade him places where teams can re-sign him in the offseason to 105%, I think, of his, of his salary for that one year. Mm. So, you know, the, even if he ends up getting traded again, you know, he's going to be an attractive trade piece a second time in a row, or, you know, the Knicks will get some sort of rights to re-signing him even if they only sign him to a one-year overpay, so it's just kind of the the good thing with the system, you yeah. Know how everything works out for them, but yeah, I would definitely, I, I would definitely try to bring him back and you know leverage your unique situation for a second year in a row and and try to just overpay him again and bring him back in the offseason. Uh,
1: absolutely, man. What do what you guys think in the chat, man? Give us a call. What do you guys think about these uh, trade rumors? Six five seven three eight three one five zero nine. Let us know what you think, uh, Al. On another uh, trade front. The, the Ujiri talks, obviously it's never ending, you know, with the yeah. Fizdale ouster, with Mills hopefully on his way next. It's been rumored, obviously, that, that Dolan is after Ujiri, hard body. We know, obviously, he's on the contract with Toronto. We first heard that it's going to cost one pick, and now Begley's coming out with, well, it, it, it's not from a source, but basically Begley's article basically said that, um, you know, in another scenario where a team tried to trade for a GM, the asking price was two firsts, right? So, he, so the the assumption is that a Ujiri is going to command the same. Um, what, what do you think about that? About trading trading for Ujiri? That's
2: that's I don't know. What do you think? Here's my, I guess my overall thought on it at this point. And I know that we just literally. Two seconds ago talked about you need talent, you need late first round picks, you need this, you need that. But like if you could get Ujiri, who's a clear, I mean, he's a winning team builder. He's a championship builder now. You know, he's there was always kind of the talk with Ujiri before last year about like, oh, he builds good rosters, but can you build a championship team? And you know, last year he did and he made all the right calls to do that. And, you know, now he's got Toronto set up with even after they lost. Kawhi Leonard they're set up with a new you know superstar in Siakam speaking of guys you can get with late first round picks that kind of blossom into something um but you know it's it, I think that he's the type of guy the rare rare executive where I would say yeah you know what if it costs two first round picks I think I'm all right with that because I have faith that he'll get those back at some point sooner <laughs> rather than later you know and flee somebody else for exactly the way that i would do it is i would just i would offer up the two dallas picks i think is the way to go um because i think that those are going to be late first rounders Uh, with the knicks picks it's really risky you can't really offer up your own picks right now for the knicks because they're so bad you know it's like the knicks could be bad for another three years even with ujiri you never know you know and and if they are then their picks are going to continue being really really valuable so unless you could put like you know, eternal top 10 protections on them or something or lottery protections, yeah. then, you know, you can't do that. It's it just cause it's way too big of a risk, but those Dallas picks ultimately, I don't think are going to end up being as valuable as we maybe had hoped they mm-hmm. would become. Mm-hmm. uh It seems like the 2021 one, you know, you get Luka Doncic out there for another two years. Well, this year and next year, he's only going to get better, presumably Porzingis, whatever happens with him, It seems like it doesn't matter how good or bad Porzingis is because Doncic is going to be good enough to make this team at least close to a playoff team, you know, for years and years to come. So that 2021 pick will be a little less valuable. The 2023 one is, I believe, top 20 protected or just lottery protected. Either way, it's it's pretty highly protected. And if it doesn't convey after one year, it turns into two second-round picks. Facts. So, you know, it's like a sneaky first-round pick. That one's like a – First round pick, right. You know what I mean? So, I would trade those two. And if, if they're willing to do that for Ujiri, then cool, do it. You know, I, I think that's I, it, would kind of sting, yeah, because now you're essentially turning your Porzingis return into okay, you traded Porzingis for Dennis <laughs> Smith, who kind of looks <laughs> shitty, and Masai Ujiri, yeah, <laughs> you right. know, and that that's is. it. So, you traded Porzingis for an executive, for but, an executive, you know, it, man. Oh. But it, it, when it's that executive. I'm cool with it because nobody commands more respect than him around the it's NBA. True. I don't think it's a point. And I think he really has the respect of players and agents and everything. So I, and he, he seems like a great talent evaluator on top yeah. of so.
1: I, I would have to, I I think the Dallas picks, I would lean more towards none of our picks. I wouldn't give up any of our picks. No. Um, not at all. No change. I just feel like there are other options out there. Obviously he's the, he's the creme de la creme hey and and we should know that as he's fleeced us many times um and built that Toronto team took the as you said gambled on 100% trading their their heart and soul to get Ka- Kawhi Leonard and getting that chip trading a coach of the year <laughs> the, the previous season and and everything just hit right for them it's it's just such a it's just such a nick thing to do but it's like damn this mm-hmm. is this is the guy
2: right now you could argue that it's a Nick thing to do, or you could argue it's an un-Nick thing to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's one way or the other. And the only way that's going to determine what it ends up being is how the outcome turns out. You know, if, if the Knicks end up turning into something because of this, then it's the most genius move in franchise history. If, uh, if, you know, Masai comes and nothing gets fleeced. (laughs) Yeah. If he gets fleeced or if nothing becomes to the Knicks, you know, over his tenure, then it's like, well, you just wasted two more first round picks for nothing, you know? And it's just a typical Knicks move. So it's, it's like a, it's like, it's a win lose, you know, it's like a coin flip, you know, you never know, but I I think it would be the right move. I think, I don't think you could look at that and be like, well, that was a bad choice because the Knicks have, Craved and particularly Dolan has craved that kind of you know presence at the top for so long, and he's got such a man crush on Masai that you know that whatever Messiah would ask for, you give, give him. you'd yeah, give him full autonomy, full hiring power, full firing power everything. Give you know, he him. would give Messiah everything. He'd give him $50 million a year to his, his foundation, you yeah. know, whatever the hell Messiah wanted, he would get. So facts, facts. That's, that's, I think, it, uh, I think it's the way to be.
1: It's like Van Gundy said, man, Van Gundy was on an interview with coach K earlier this week and he was kind of talking about his tenure there and what's going on now. And his, his whole thing was, you know, things haven't been right since Dave check it's man. And that was 20 years ago. And from check it was, uh, I believe Ernie Grunfeld was under that regime, then he, then, which, who did a pretty decent job. But then you had Leighton. Then you had Isaiah, Mills, you know, to fill. The, it's just been a disaster, man. And we just have not had that solid structure, foundation from the top of people that you trust to make the right decision. Don't trust them, but they, they just haven't been coming through for us, man. Have not mm-hmm. been coming through for us, so... I'll be open for it, just for the sake of, like you said, that this is the guy, but definitely not our own picks. Um,
2: who, or, or if you're going to do your own, heavily protect, do him, protect them in the way the Dow's protected yeah. the 2023 one. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Make it so you you have to be good for it to convey as a first round pick.
1: Who, who you think's the most likely player to be traded if there is a trade? To me, be, because that's that's another thing. I don't I don't think it's as guaranteed as we think that any one of these guys are getting traded. We're we're coming from a position of desperation. It's never a good he, thing.
2: Yeah. You mean like which Nick you think is most likely to yeah. be traded? Yeah. Um, I bet you, so there's a few trades I could see happening. Mm-hmm. I do think they're going to end up trading Morris. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that anytime I feel like you can get a first round pick in season for a player in the NBA, you do it because yeah. it's so rare anymore. So I think they'll do that. Uh, be it with the Clippers or some other team, some contender will want him. I mean, he's balling. got to guy any, by any stretch. He is yeah. balling this yeah. year. Um, I think there's a decent chance Trier might get traded. I think that's my pick. I think I um, still, I think I probably feel like a dealt. second round pick, which yeah. is still, I think puts the Knicks in the positive in that transaction. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I mean, I like Trier well enough uh, for what he does, but he kind of only does what he does. Um, he's a, he's a good ISO scorer, and, you know, he can get you a couple quick buckets. I had really high hopes for him this year. Maybe coming in as a, uh, uh catch and shoot type guy, learning under guys like Ellington and Bullock and all that. Um, and that just hasn't really happened yet. So I, I think that he's going to go because it seems – if you read between the lines, it seems like there's some unrest with him yeah, um, with the team and with maybe with management, with coaching. And he's, he's catching DNPs again and stuff like that. So um, he might go. Uh, I guess – trying to think who else maybe I could see moving – maybe Ellington like if yeah could find a team that wants him for a second round pick or something he's kind of fallen out of the rotation mm-hmm. or no he's been hurt i'm sorry he's been hurt yeah so he's had so, yeah even so he's been up and down in the rotation you know with the team this year so i could see him potentially um you know getting moved at, at, just to a team that wants a little auxiliary shooting and he'd be a good value for any team that wants that because yeah. they have a second-year option as well. So if you trade him to a team that's capped out, they can keep him for a second year uh, only f- for paying the luxury tax or whatever on him. So mm. teams might be interested in that. Um, maybe even Gibson, if I'm being honest. But Dodge, I feel like yeah. Gibson, they're going to keep around. We I he's keep kinda Dodge. I think he's turned into a heart-and-soul type guy. Yeah, I, gotta I don't keep really Dodge. think he's going to go. Uh, only other guy, maybe. I, I don't think any of the – any of the uh, core young guys are going to go no, for sure. That. Yeah,
1: um,
2: I can maybe, maybe see them moving Peyton, but Peyton's proving to be really crucial to this yeah. team as a whole right yeah. now. So yeah. Peyton would have to elevate his value to a Morris level of being able to fetch a first round pick or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he'll ever hit that. I don't think so. Um, I don't, so they'll don't think they can get much from
1: Portis either.
2: Yeah. So they'll probably hold on him. The only other guy maybe Portis. If some team is just really desperate for some scoring off the bench or something. Yeah. Maybe, but uh, Portis is so streaky that I feel like any good team with anything to play for would necessarily be willing to give up yeah. anything for him. I'm not giving you, know. you anything for that guy. I, hell I, though. You could almost just turn him into a spot up three point shooter at this point. Like yeah. he's he flashes that sometimes mm-hmm. where you mm-hmm. think like if you could just set him up where he could sit in the corner and just yeah. shoot threes, be Don't like do anything gl- else. <laughs> be like a glorified Steve Novak, you know, Facts. with a little bit of a post game. Like Yeah, don't put the ball
1: <laughs> on the floor and just shoot. Yeah. That's yeah
2: good. i mean he could he could maybe fill that role well enough um it, it, but i can't see anybody trading anything of substance nah. for him especially when he makes 15 million and you got to find matching salaries and it, it would just be too much work too for much. someone that probably isn't worth it you know
1: too too much man but i i agree with you in that order i think it's morris i think it's iso and, and potentially ellington i think those are the the most realistic moves maybe dotson maybe
2: dotson gets moved i feel like they're gonna hold on to dotson because i actually so? think that miller really likes him mm. Based off, I mean, tonight was different. Tonight yeah. he only played seven minutes, um, but I think that was just situational. I, I think in general, Miller really likes it. Yeah,
1: I like that. I, I would love to keep him. I, I would love to I would keep too. him. Um, I just think what ISO, as you said, it looks like obviously he's falling out of favor with the rotation. Uh, obviously, well, not obvious, but it's likely that we get more help in the backcourt in this draft. So once again, that's another player to add to to this mix. I I think ISO gets slid out. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens, man.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.